1: Hello, hello, Brandon Harvey here with this week's episode of Sounds Good, the podcast where every single Monday, I sit down with an inspiring person and talk about happiness, overcoming struggles, and living a life of intentionality and wonder. This week, I'm so excited to share a conversation with Laura Lawson Visconti. Laura is a well-known artist and photographer. She travels the world, she's an avid outdoor lover, and she's going blind bit by bit, day by day. She has an eye condition that I won't even attempt to pronounce. It's been slowly taking her vision from her, her whole life. I've known Laura for years and I've always admired her because she doesn't let this condition get in the way of her life. And she doesn't let this condition get in the way of living a life of optimism and hope. I know that you're going to love hearing from her. Just like I loved talking with her. So let's just jump straight into the conversation. All right, I am on the line with Laura Lawson Visconti. Laura, welcome to Sounds Good.
0: Hi, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to connect with you, and it's awesome to be on the show today, so thanks.
1: This is so fun. You and I first met, what, like, I want to say five years ago, like something ridiculous like that.
0: Yeah, we met in Seattle first, uh,
1: yeah, like five years ago. Do you remember that? We Yeah, oh, I don't just remember that that was like a pivotal <laughs> moment in my life. like that was one of the best days in my life at that point. Why? So I had admired you and a number of other people for a long time on Instagram. so yeah. I joined Instagram and I immediately started following this like really cool community <laughs> of photographers who were living in the Seattle area
0: right and
1: <laughs> Uh, just like a bunch of really inspiring people. It was you and Cubby Graham and a bunch of other people. And one day I was in Seattle and I, I think I just like commented on your Instagram and I was just like this punk kid for, who's in college <laughs> and you were like the Laura Lawson. <laughs> and I, and I commented, it was like, Hey, I'm in Seattle. Let me know if you want to get together. And you're like, Brandon, here's my number. Like, text me. Let's all get dinner. Like, we'll I'll get a group together. We'll all go get dinner. Do you want to come to dinner with us? And you invited me out to like hang out with you and Cubby. And it just felt so like magical and meaningful. And from that point, like a lot of really cool stuff started happening just because of that random interaction. And so...
0: Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. That's, I love, I love like, (laughs) I love hearing about, uh, you know, from the other person's perspective, like how those initial meetings go. Um, you were just so, okay. I'm going to use the word. You were so positive and so enthusiastic (laughs) and I just love that you are still so positive and so enthusiastic, like nothing's changed. I, I just love it. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. And, um, and then we, following that, we spent a week together in Philly a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, we were at the Justice Conference. And yeah. then you, you and I, I don't remember if it was your first time, but we went to New York and it was my very first time in New York and it was you and me um, and another friend. And we like spent like 20 hours in New York on a, yeah. like we, we took a bus to New York, spent <laughs> yeah. 20 hours there took a bus back. It was fantastic.
0: It was so fun. Yeah. that It wasn't my first time, but it, had, it was my first time in a really long time. And so, yeah, we took a bus. Um, what a fun little trip. That's such a good memory. I remember yeah. like feeding seagulls with like Dorito chips and... <laughs> Like just like exploring Central Park and going nuts and having so much fun and laughing and taking pictures, obviously, riding the subway, getting lost on the subway, you know, all the stuff you do when you go to New York City.
1: Yeah. And then the fantastic conversation that we had on the mega bus on the way back. Like I remember you were dating Nick, who's now your husband, and I was dating Sammy, who's now my wife. And we just got to have like cool conversations about relationships and life and and your story. And and I feel like even though you and I haven't talked in, you know, probably a few years now, I think that those experiences, I don't know, I feel like they connected us in a really, really cool way.
0: Absolutely. Um, And I believe some Chick-fil-A was involved too, which always helps, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, no, totally. And it's what I love about friendships like ours and relationships like ours is, um, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily need to like keep in touch all the time, but we, because we shared some pretty rad intimate experiences really all over the country at this point. Um, it's, it's awesome to talk to you and just kind of pick up where we left off and now we're old and married and you've got this rad <laughs> podcast and, as we were just talking about, I'm adulting pretty much every second of every day, but I kind of like it, which is weird. It's so, amazing. So life's good. Yeah. Yeah. Life's good. And yeah. I do remember those conversations and um, I just always felt like you had a lot of wisdom to offer and a lot of perspective. And I love that even though you are this very enthusiastic, positive person, you also are very real and it never really came across to me as fake or um, just fluffy. I, I thought that, you know, you you've always been a really just raw and genuine person. So yeah, so it's it's awesome to be talking to you now and um to catch up a little bit. I love this it. This is so good. Yeah. And,
1: and and that was so nice. Thank you.
0: <laughs> of course. Um, I always
1: have such a hard time being like, I don't know how to accept a compliment. We we're recording. <laughs> who's um, interviewing who? <laughs> yeah, who's interviewing who now? <laughs> Laura Brandon. Uh, um, totally. <laughs> so the first time you and I met, um, you shared a little bit of your story with me. And I remember it being really meaningful. And then the next time we met, you know, you shared a little bit more of your story. And it's just been really cool getting to know that story. And And you know, you share it online, you're so public about it. And I would love to introduce the listeners of Sounds Good to your story, because I think that they're going to be really impacted by it. And so how about I just start with this, like, tell me about your eyes.
0: Yeah, totally. That's always a great, a great place to start. So, um, I have a very, very rare retinal condition called retinitis pigmentosa. I uh, was diagnosed officially in 2010 However, I knew that I had the disease uh, a year prior to that. Um, It's a very rare condition, so it took an entire year with testing um, to actually formally diagnose. So I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area at the time and was referred to doctor after doctor and finally was referred to this amazing doctor who I still have as my doctor today. And she is Dr. Jackie Duncan at UCSF in San Francisco. She's the head of retinal research there, and she has essentially dedicated her entire life to finding a cure for retinal diseases like mine. So mm. retinitis pigmentosa, a little bit more about that. I uh, have, it's funny, it, I've become kind of an expert on um, just eye health I've totally nerd out on it. So I've done a lot of research over the years and, um, yeah. So what's happening is the rods and cones in my retina are slowly, slowly dying. They're degenerating. So, uh, it's happening from the outside in. And what's happening is my peripheral vision slowly over the course of my life is fading away and, um, as well as my night vision and my color vision. So I am going blind I am visually impaired. I am legally blind. I do not drive anymore. I haven't driven since I was diagnosed. And uh, my mobility and day-to-day freedom is quite affected, obviously. However, I, um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into this, but I do live a pretty rich and fulfilling life, and I've made it kind of my life mission to not allow any of that to get me down or slow me down or prohibit me from what I want to do. And trust me, there are hard days. There are for sure hard days. Um, but overall I have tried to maintain a pretty positive outlook. There is no cure. So, um, it's, you know, it's devastating. Um, okay. And so when did you
1: first realize that, that your eyesight wasn't like everybody else's eyesight, you know, cause it's not like you would, I would imagine it didn't just happen overnight. Um, But when did you kind of start to take notice of this? What was the moment?
0: Yeah, no, it didn't happen overnight. It's been happening my whole life very, very slowly. And I didn't notice until I was in my younger 20s, and I was um, in the car with a friend of mine, and he was driving, and I was in the passenger seat, and I mentioned that I was thirsty. I'm like, oh, gosh, I wish I had some water or something. And he had um, like some Coke or Pepsi or whatever he had. I don't know. I don't remember. And he didn't say anything, but he like grabbed it and like handed it to me and I didn't see it. And he literally Hmm. like waved it in front of my face. He was like, here you go. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he made this remark like, wow, Laura, you have really poor peripheral vision. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. I didn't even know. So (laughs) for the next couple of weeks, I... I thought it was just like this weird quirk, like having freckles or having red hair or something like, oh, I just have bad peripheral vision. Like, huh, that's interesting. And <laughs> I was I like would make fun of myself. Um, and I was doing I was talking about this one time in front of my dad and he was like, Laura, that's that's like not normal. That's really serious. So you <laughs> need to go get that checked out. So I did. And the optometrist I went to told me that I had the worst peripheral vision of anybody she'd ever encountered and that oh, she didn't wow. know what it was. So, um, yeah, so it's like, oh my gosh, what? it became very serious and very real, like very quickly. It went from, okay, this is just this funny, weird quirk. And no wonder I've always been so clumsy because I have, I've always been super clumsy. I've always walked into things. I've always had bumps and bruises all over my body people have kind of made fun of me my whole life for being clumsy and I definitely have not been the most athletic uh (laughs) the most athletic Mm -hmm. person and so it kind of was like this light bulb moment of wow like that all is starting to make sense I had been in multiple car accidents that I had caused um not knowing um so yeah that's yeah it that was a quite a while ago now and um Now I'm so, like, adapted to it that you actually, you don't know I'm visually impaired when you talk to me. Totally. Oh, no, yeah, yeah,
1: you would never know. You're so well adapted to it. But at the time, like, it probably took you really by surprise. And I would imagine that it wasn't the easiest thing to kind of get used to this reality. Um, First of all, like, what did you kind of have to tell yourself to make it real once you went to that doctor that explained what was happening to you?
0: Yeah, so it you totally hit the nail on the head. It went from this uh, inconsequential quirk to a very, very, very serious matter in which nobody really knew what was going on. I stopped driving immediately. I thought, well, okay, like obviously I can't see very well, so I probably shouldn't be driving. So not only did I have this crazy vision problem, but I also lost all of my independence at a
1: really young age. Totally. Yeah. Cause driving such a, a freedom thing that I almost kind of don't even think about.
0: No, nobody does. You take it for granted. It, 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 in terms of like your job or education or your marriage or relationships. And I've never been a parent, but I can only imagine as a parent, you really kind of need to be able to drive To function in today's society. So right off the bat, all these things were whirling through my head and and it was this weird combination of like, I'm losing my vision, I'm going blind, once I knew what was actually happening, with the reality of, okay, well, that's not going to happen until a long time from now, but today I can't drive and I can't get around. So it was just this life change that was, uh, hit me out of nowhere, double whammy, losing my independence along with my vision um, it took, I would say, a full year or two to properly come to grips with that. And to wow. some degree, I don't think I ever will completely come to grips with it because my vision forever is going to be getting worse. So there will be new steps along the way that I will have to adapt to, whether that's walking with a cane or um, not being able to, um, to watch TV anymore. Like whatever it is down the line those are all things that I'm going to have to adapt to and adjust to. But thankfully I, I at this point kind of am in the habit of adapting and adjusting and like That's always having to re, readjust my attitude towards it, which is huge.
1: Well, and let's talk about that for a minute because I would imagine that a lot of people who are listening aren't necessarily going to come down with this same condition, but they are going to have things in their life where they're going to have to continually adjust and, and change and shift and, Like, how do you do that? Like, what are some of the things you have to tell yourself to keep you from just like quitting everything? You know, how do you say, I'm just going to adapt, I'm going to change?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing is I love people like you, Brandon. I just love people and I love talking to people. And what's kind of cool about this whole experience is going through the tragedy that I'm going through and the devastation and the loss has allowed me to have greater empathy for others and has allowed me to connect on a much, much deeper level with other people. Previously, I didn't really know how to talk to people that were going through a hard time, or I was always afraid of saying the wrong thing. Mm. And now I'm the first to jump in and the first to kind of console wow. and show empathy and show comfort and support. So through this condition that I have, I've actually connected on a much deeper and more real level with other human beings, which is That's amazing. It is wow. incredible,
1: and I totally see that.
0: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's not something I um I really anticipated. You know, I it just <laughs> has happened. And then secondly, I would say, um, just my attention to detail and being appreciative for what I do have versus focusing on what I don't have has been a major saving grace. It's a little cliche to say, but truly having that positive attitude and choosing to have a positive attitude makes a world of difference. It really, really does. And so just, yeah, like waking up in the morning and saying like, all right, like I can't drive to work, but I can walk. And in that I get this amazing perspective of the world that most people don't get. And I get some exercise and I get some vitamin D and I can listen to music and just have my space and my alone time. And that does get old, but it's also a blessing. And it's also something that I, I don't, I don't know if I would even trade it. Like sometimes people ask me if you, you know, if you could be healed or if you um, could be made well, like, would you? And it's like, of course I would. But in that you have to focus on like the good mm. things that are coming up, just that are happening through the, the bad thing that's happening in your life.
1: That's beautiful. That's really, really cool. I first found you because of Instagram, because I was following along with your photos. And you've always, at least to me, appeared totally artistic in all kinds of ways. Like you're just a total artist in every way. Um, and I can tell that you kind of see a lot of detail in the world and you're able to incorporate that into things. But were you an artist before you were diagnosed?
0: Yeah, I've I've been an artist my whole life. I've been painting since I was like three or four Art has been, I mean, it's like my name. It's just, it's always been a part of me. It's always been how I identify myself in the world. And as an artist, it's important to grow and it's important to evolve. And my whole life, I was really stuck in this one kind of painting and this one way of seeing the world. And what's rad is that getting diagnosed with this disease forced me to see things a lot differently. And it was also at that exact time in my life's history that... Instagram came out. So I did use Instagram as a bit of a kind of an escape. Um, It was very therapeutic and I did Mm. find immense community on the platform. So it was right at that time when I was kind of processing and grieving and trying to figure out, okay, this loss of independence, like how am I just going to live? What am I going to do with my life? And so Instagram has become um, just a a saving grace honestly and in, in more ways than one it's been huge and now I don't really talk about my vision as much because it's like okay that's that was years ago like let's move on there's more interesting things to talk about I still bring it up sometimes but I don't really want to be defined by it necessarily so a lot of my followers on uh, social media now I don't think even really know unless they dive deep into the depths of the internet But um, yeah, I mean, I'm super open about it, you know, always happy to, to answer questions. And and I appreciate it when people do ask versus uh, just kind of stay quiet, or again, not sure what to say. It's always better to ask questions. So
1: that's cool. It's really interesting to me that you're saying that you don't want to be defined by this. And I mean, that totally makes sense to me. But on the other side, it's like, it seems like such a a thing that you could just continue to talk about and talk about and talk about what kind of inspired the choice to, to not let that be the focus of things. And what would you say that you want people to understand about you when they get to know you?
0: Well, I want people to be inspired. I want people to be encouraged. And I also want people to be outside and explore and adventure and travel and, and find themselves in new situations where they're, limits and boundaries are tested because that's where we grow as people. And while I say that I don't want to be defined by my, my health condition because life is so much bigger than me and my infirmaries and my inabilities to see it's obviously a huge part of my story. So I've done a lot of public speaking. I've written a book about it. I'm not afraid to talk about it. And I have largely kind of created this identity or this brand around the fact that I am an artist who's losing my vision. Um, however, I kind of want people to, um, to to not be so wrapped up in my story or what's happening to me, but focus on what's going on with them and how overcoming that really trans- can, can transform them into, um, frankly, a better version of themselves or a more interesting version of themselves mm. or... Um, just see the world differently and and that brings kindness and empathy and compassion towards other people. The world is a lot bigger than than my eye disease, although it's in my world it's pretty big, but overall the world's a lot bigger than what's happening to me well, and that's something
1: that I've really admired about you is you haven't just said, all right, cool, we're gonna buy a home and I'm gonna like memorize where everything is in it and I'm just gonna like stay in this one spot like you right you are like the most active person ever like this is I don't know if you would take credit for this but I'm gonna give you credit for this for any listener who's ever gone on like Pinterest and seen <laughs> these like these adventure wedding photos where people go and they elope on a mountain or they elope just kind of in the middle of nature where they're like the bride is wearing hiking boots and um <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Laura started that. Like, Laura had the most adventurous wedding ever. Our friend Benj heish photographed it. Um, and Laura, you're going blind. And you had this adventure wedding on the edge of a cliff. And, like, you're not letting this stop you. It's really cool.
0: Thank you. Yeah, Pinterest it <laughs> Yes. Those images still to this day are still coming up on Pinterest. It's not possible to
1: scroll through Pinterest without seeing know, a photo. Of you. <laughs> I know. I know.
0: It's kind of, I'm like, come on, you guys. Like there, there's some really amazing elopements now. Like let's move on. But you're right. They, they it's Bench did benched an amazing job capturing that day. And I mean, it, I'm forever grateful for those, those images. They just very accurately captured the magic of that day. But yeah, I mean, honestly, Brandon, if I wasn't going blind, I probably would have had a pretty traditional wedding like I had always envisioned, but this has transformed my life and wow. the way that I choose to live my life. Yeah, every single aspect of who I am and, uh, and, and who, how I choose to live, where I even live now, I would truly point to the fact that I am losing my vision, and uh, it, it forces me to make this choice of do I want to be that person, like you just said, who stays at home as many, many blind people do and I understand other conversation it is very understandable and I think our culture needs to be a lot more welcoming of disabled people but that's a whole other conversation um I uh yeah I I I could choose to do that or I could choose to to see the world while I can travel while I can do things while I can I am married to uh, an adrenaline junkie and he has uh,
1: <laughs> he's a he's former really, professional snowboarder
0: <laughs> he is a former professional snowboarder yes 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 he is he's amazing um he was actually quite prolific in the snowboarding industry he did go to X Games a number of times he won a bronze medal a couple of no years ago no way yeah. i had no idea yeah he did he did it's funny we we just threw a halloween party a couple weeks ago and the theme was like 80s ski, like shot ski themed. It was really, really fun. And he wore his X Games medal. And people, like friends of ours, don't even really know. And, and they were like, Oh, where'd you get that? And he was like, Oh, I just found it at a thrift store. <laughs> he's That's so humble. Awesome. Yeah, he's That's super humble. So so he he's like this too I mean he just has this drive in him to explore and to adventure he I always tease him he does an average of two active things a day and uh, that's he's just so so flippant active so he's that's had amazing. a huge huge impact on my life yeah and and really he pushed me out of my comfort zone and and um, I'm, I'll just be forever grateful. He really has changed my life. So he is a... That's I mentioned Nick because he's such a big part of my whole story and my healing process and this mm. kind of recovery process. So Wow. Yeah. How many, how many
1: years do you think you have left before your lack of peripheral vision goes all the way to the middle and you just are essentially blind?
0: Yeah. So people with my disease... You don't always go completely blind, but you do lose so much of your vision that your mobility is, is greatly affected. Um, even having light perception is a really big deal. Mm. Like being able to, to tell the difference when you wake up in the morning, is it dark outside or is it light outside? Just psychologically and mentally, that is on the human psyche, that's a lot. So most people with my disease are able to retain a little bit of that light perception later in life, which I'm grateful for very, sure. very That's rarely. Good. Do you go completely, completely blind? So, um, however, I do want to mention that I was recently a part of a four year clinical trial, um, at my, uh, that my doctor hosted in San Francisco. And I was, uh, I participated in this clinical trial and at the end of the study, she was able to kind of compare um, my vision from start to finish. Because it progresses so slowly, year to year, it's very difficult to say, okay, you've lost this much vision, so here's how much time you have left. Like, she doesn't even really like answering that question because it, it's just different for every person. Totally. Um, but at the end of that study, um, and, I, and they didn't do anything to my eyes, I was in the control group, so nothing, you know, I didn't change or alter anything. But at the end of that four-year study, she told me my vision had remained essentially the same for the last That's four great. years. That's it really is fantastic. Good. And and what happened four years ago was kind of this whole life change that you and I are talking about, this adventurous lifestyle, you know, choosing to have a, a positive, healthy outlook, um, traveling and just being outside. It's when I was living in Seattle, it's when I got married. It's A lot changed in my life. I started eating healthier. I started exercising um I'm now a certified personal trainer just on top of everything else I do Amazing. because I believe in it so much and I I want to inspire and help other people. So I don't know if there's some science in that. I am a Christian. I do believe that God is a healing God and I so I don't know if there's some healing in there. I'm not sure what's going on, but I do know that my vision should have been getting worse over the last 4 years and technically it hasn't. It's stopped. So to answer That's your question so cool. Yeah, like, I don't really know. I mean, I used to sort of project that in my mid-40s, upper 40s, like, I would have lost most of my vision. Right now, it's like, man, I try to not even really think like that because I'm so focused on just my life right now. I don't want to get super caught up in the future and what may or may not happen. I mean, self-driving cars are a thing, so or going to be a thing. Totally. That's going to be amazing. so, yeah, there's a lot of really rad, like, medical advances that are happening, and technology is just, even in the time I've been diagnosed, I've seen changes in, um, in medical technology and just what's happening in the world, so I have a lot of hope. You know, there's, there, there's stem cell research and there's even artificial retinas now where blind people are getting these artificial retinas and can see again. So there's like lots of really, really cool things that are happening. I believe blindness will be completely eradicated in my lifetime, actually. So, whoa, yeah, I do. I do believe that. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen enough research. I've read enough of the journals. I've talked to enough of the doctors. I truly, truly believe that. So yeah, so it's pretty cool. We live in a good age, a really awesome age.
1: Man, because I was going to ask, because right now you're living in a really, really cool way because you can still see. And so I was going to ask, you know, what are you planning for when you can't? And I love to think that you're, you're just not worrying about that. You know, that day will come at some point, but we're all going to have kind of, something come our way at some point that alters the way that we live our lives. And you mentioned this earlier, but you just get to keep on being flexible and you get to keep on, you know, moving with the tide and I love that. I think that's a really cool thing and I think that's one of the big reasons that I admire you is that you are very present while also being very hopeful.
0: Yeah, definitely. Trust me Brandon, I have days where I do think about the future and what it's going to be like, particularly as a mom, like I'm uh, 29 right now. I probably will have kids in the next couple years. I want to, and that's a big deal to think about being a visually impaired mom. But what I love is the more that I get involved in my local community, I live in a very small town in the Sierra Nevada mountains in Northern California called Truckee. It's in the Tahoe region. And what I love about this town is that it's so small and the community is so amazing that people just rally and they show up and they support. So That's in my experience, yeah, it is. And in my experience, when you focus on what's right in front of you, like, and worry about that, then when the future comes, you're still, you're just going to be focusing on that. And it's all going <laughs> to, it sounds kind of vague and cliche, but it really does just all work out. It's really not the end of the world. So I don't know, like, yeah, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I live in this very rural community. If I am going blind, maybe I should live in a big city like New York City that has these subways and public transportation. Like I have those days where that's where my mind is at. But for the most part, I try to do a good job just just being like grateful for what I do have. And like I said, um, I don't know, just making the most of my time right now and focusing on now versus worrying about the future. And I think many people listening can relate to this and uh, and honestly i would encourage you if you are listening and you're battling with something going on in your life and it's like oh my gosh like what is this future going to be for me i'm going through a divorce or what have you you know it we never know. We never know what the future is going to hold. And there's always so much unexpected that happens. Like it's just wise and frankly healthy to focus on what's right in front of us right now. Like get through that, just get through what you're going through. And then, you know, the future will unravel and it often isn't as bad as we anticipate it will be. So yeah, that
1: just gave that's... me goosebumps. Wow. Yeah,
0: I love it. mission accomplished.
1: Mission accomplished. Get Brandon goosebumps. Cross it off your to do <laughs> yeah. list for the day. Totally. <laughs> oh, man. I think this is the perfect time to transition into this part where every single episode, I love to ask our guests three questions that I love. Um, and so the first question is this, how would you describe the kind of person that you most admire in the world?
0: That's a really, really, really good question. Um, I admire perseverance and I admire people that just don't give up no matter what life throws at them. Uh, a really great example is my grandmother. She has undergone so many health issues over the years. I have literally never heard her complain, not once. She's had breast cancer, she's had um, heart attacks and triple bypass surgery and like all kinds of things. Like it seems like every time I talk to her, there's something new and she's completely like changed her lifestyle and she's healthy and eats super healthy now. Um, But I've never heard her complain and she's just the most loving, like selfless woman. And man, like people like that, that's the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of like future mom I would want to be or grandmother I would want to be. And I, I do have a pretty large like social influence on, um, on the internet and that's the kind of um, that's the kind of person that I try to emanate online, digitally. And so, yeah, just people that are compassionate and don't make the world all about them, and don't let things get them down, no matter what happens. So,
1: absolutely yeah. beautiful. That's good.
0: That's yeah. really good. Thanks.
1: Question number two is, what are you consuming that you love right now?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I'm totally an avid like Netflixer, and I'm an avid book reader, and I'm reading like probably an average of a dozen articles on the Internet every day. So I consume. I mean, I have my phone in my hand like 99% of the time. So a better answer, answer to your question, Brandon, I think, is what I'm actually not consuming right now, and that's um, I'm learning how to put better boundaries up in my life in terms of... Um, you know, not always looking at my phone when I'm in the car with Nick and like just leaving it in my backpack or my purse and not even looking at it, um, not looking at it first thing when I wake up in the morning, trying to um, trying to exercise in silence even um, or in prayer or meditation. So I, I I live in the mountains and I live in like one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to in the world. And so I'm very, very fortunate and lucky. And the entire culture here revolves around this outdoor active lifestyle, especially in the wintertime with the ski culture here. So, I mean, what am I consuming right now is, is the outdoors and being outside and um, just, yeah, just enjoying life.
1: That's amazing. That is a good answer. That's really nice.
0: good. I love
1: that you're doing that. My final question is, based on the ways you've chosen to step out and live your life differently, what's one thing you'd encourage someone else to do in their own life today?
0: So I love encouraging people to take different perspectives on the world. We've we've touched on that a little bit so far. And I mentioned that I walk a lot. I also ride my bike a lot. Um, I, I think it's important both for our brain health as well as our emotional health and spiritual health to take different paths all the time so whether you know you normally take your certain route to the grocery store or to work like take a different route take the long way or walk or ride your bike or take public transit or do something that's completely um, out of your normal routine and that's actually been proven that that's really good for your brain to develop those new pathways cause we are developing new habits and new routines like all the time. Um, so yeah, just like, frankly, you know, taken, taking a different route. Um, I also really encourage people to try yoga. I'm not like a crazy yogi. I don't do it every day, but I think for most people with most health conditions or lack of health conditions, yoga can be a really healthy response to just making sure that you have that self care and that personal time and that you're stretching and, Releasing things and taking care of your body. So, um, yeah, I mean that's like Mama Laura' advice. Just get out there, do some yoga, take a new route. That's that's my advice.
1: That is fantastic advice, and that is the perfect end to this conversation. I am seriously so glad that we got to talk and catch up, and I just I love your story and your perspective and your attitude so much, and so. Uh Laura, if people want to follow along with what you're up to, if they want to continue to get to know you and your story, where can they do that?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much Brandon for the kind words. I um have a lot of love and admiration for you and everything you're doing, so it's definitely an honor to be on your podcast. So thank you. And then secondly, um yeah, so I I do have a website with um a blog and there's a link to a book that I wrote a couple years ago on my blog. And that is lauralawsonvisconti.com. You can also find me on Instagram, lauralawsonvisconti, and Facebook, lauralawsonvisconti. Twitter, is just lauralawson because they won't let me fit the visconti on the end. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And, you know, if, if there's anyone out there that's, like, struggling with a similar health condition or cancer or, Maybe, maybe you have the same disease as I, you know, I'd love, love, love to hear from you. Do not hesitate to send me an email and share your story with me. I love talking to people, um, of really all backgrounds with all kinds of things. So I'd love to just like pray with you and be a source of encouragement and hear your story and laugh with you. And so please send me an email and that is visconti at gmail.com. So yeah, hit me up.
1: That's perfect. Well, again, thank you, Laura, so much for being on the show and, um, I think that you're awesome.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you. I think you're awesome too. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Thank you so much to each of you who tuned into Sounds Good this week. I love getting to have these incredible conversations so much. And if you love listening to them, there are a few things you can do. Number one, you can totally subscribe to the show. Number two, you can leave a review on iTunes so that people have an easier time finding the show. And three, you can join our community online. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and sometimes Facebook at at Brandon Harvey. It's branded with an E-N. Oh, and this week and every single week, you can find the show notes for this week's episode of Sounds Good at BrandonHarvey.com slash podcast. This show, Sounds Good with Brandon Harvey, is part of the Gradient Podcast Network. It is created in collaboration between Gradient and I. And with that, that's a wrap for this week's podcast. I'll see you online and I'll talk to you next week when we get the opportunity to learn from another inspiring person. Sound good?